What's up? And welcome to Clarity for Parents of Athletes, bringing you stories from professional athletes about their parents and how they were raised. My name is Gabe Nocere from aclearmind.com. All right, and welcome to episode number 29, almost at 30. I appreciate the fact, as always, that you're listening and ask that you go into Apple Podcasts and just hit that review button and write a little review of how you think the podcast is and how it benefits you or any other feedback that you want to give through there. And also rate it on there and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. And also ask that you share the podcast with others so that others can benefit from these stories from these athletes and their parents and also from whatever I'm talking about. And I'm going to, this episode is just with me again. And I just want to let you know before I delve into it that I have some really exciting guests coming up, including another former U.S. men's national team player. I'm not going to say who it is just yet, but it's a really big name and somebody that you see on TV even now quite regularly if you watch soccer. So I'm really excited about that, of course, and I have another one lined up as well with a coach. This is going to be my first coach that I've interviewed on the podcast, and again, I'm going to keep you all in suspense for that, but those are going to be the next couple episodes coming out. And hope you enjoyed the last one with Sue Hansen, the mother of Luke Longley, the former Chicago Bulls player who won three NBA titles with them. That was my first parent perspective and hope to line up some more of those. But I also have some other leads, some really, really big leads and trying to just pinpoint some time to interview these folks before I divulge who they are. But really excited. I have some really big names coming up. So This episode's kind of been on my mind ever since really the beginning of this podcast. I just didn't really feel it was the right time until just recently. And this kind of comes in with the tragedy of uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the rest of the group that was on the helicopter that crashed a few weeks ago now. Obviously really, really devastating. And I think what I got from it and what a lot of athletes that I saw who were interviewed about the tragedy is it gave them another perspective on the importance of family and spending time with family and friends and spending less focus on the drive that they have to succeed professionally, whether it's still in athletics or, you know, their life after athletics, whether they're on camera still analyzing games and just the need for success in the professional field at work. Everyone seems to have taken a really big step back and saying, you know what, we need to spend more time with our family or more quality time with our family. And this is pretty typical. You know, it kind of shakes everybody up that life is really precious and you can be gone literally in a second uh, just based on any kind of incident that may happen, which obviously in this case, it was a a horrific helicopter crash. So my heart, of course, goes out to the Bryant family and all the other families involved 
as well and everybody suffering from this. But out of any tragedy, something good can happen. In this case, I think really the only good is that it can give people that perspective of, hey, let's spend more time or more quality time with our loved ones and tell them how much we love them and show them how much that we love them. So that leads to what I wanted to talk about in this episode, and it's based on the work of a psychologist from the 40s. His name is Abraham Maslow. And for anybody who took a beginning psychology class, you may remember this name or may have forgotten it by now, but this may kind of ring a bell. But he created what he called the hierarchy of needs. And for those of you who are watching or slash listening on my YouTube channel, I'm going to put this up. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast, just listening on other platforms, I'm going to put a link up on my website, which has a PDF picture of these hierarchy of needs so you can follow along. But obviously, if you're on YouTube, it's you're looking at it right now and everyone else can go to my YouTube channel, Clarity for Parents of Athletes, and you can find this episode on there so you can follow along with it. So for those of you who are just listening right now, you can, you're going to have to use your imagination. So you can picture first a pyramid and this pyramid has different steps and different levels. And obviously pyramids, we start really wide at the bottom. And as we work our way up to the top, it gets a little bit more narrow until you get to the top, which is the point. So within the pyramid, there's these different blocks, which Maslow called needs. And his idea was that certain needs at the bottom of the pyramid must be met or must be, I guess, met enough for the individual because individuals differ, obviously. So these needs must be met before moving on to the next stage. And I'm going to go over those needs, but basically at the, at the very top, is of Maslow's pyramid, at least, because others have kind of added on to it. But in with Maslow, at the very top was self-actualization, where self-actualization is basically saying everybody wants to do their best or to fulfill their potential as much as possible. So that's the very, very top. But before we get there, we're going to start at the very bottom. And at the very bottom are physiological needs. Now, his theory, Maslow's theory, is that these physiological needs need to be met before moving on to the next stage, which is safety needs. So these physiological needs are biological requirements for survival. So things like air, food, water, shelter, clothing, sleep, which is a huge one. Some people believe that sex is on there as well as a physiological need, which that that can maybe be a <laughs> uh, an episode, a different episode for a different podcast in itself, whether people agree with that or not. And I, but I definitely think sleep is one of the biggest physiological. To me, it's sleep and water are two of the most important physiological needs. So if these needs aren't satisfied, then we can't move on, or at least set, if these needs aren't satisfied enough, we can't move on to the next stage. Right. If you're not getting enough sleep and you've been like that, especially most likely you are a parent who is listening to this. And even if you're not, and if you'd had some kind of lack of sleep, especially over several days, say 
less than six hours or less than four hours, then you struggle really cognitively to function at a high level. So again, we need to have these requirements met just enough to move on to the next stage, which I said was safety needs. So the safety needs are things like feeling safe from crime or from elements in nature like a hurricane or tornado. It's, it's hard if you're in the middle of a tornado storm to want to fulfill your destiny as a writer, let's just say, for example. So, you know, we need to have these needs met as well. So things like security in our home or having laws to protect us, having basically stability within these safety needs before we move on to the next stage, which is love and belongingness. This is the need for interpersonal relationships and friendship, intimacy, love, giving affection, receiving affection, being part of a group like your family or friends or your peers at work. So this is a big stage as well. And obviously you as parents have a obviously a big role to play in that in the role of your children. I want you to think about all of these needs both on your own terms and also what your children need in order for them to self-actualize and for them to meet their potential. That is kind of the theme of this episode is what can we do as parents to help our children reach their potential, which obviously has, there has to be a big drive from them. But as parents, we are responsible to help our children get to that space. And that's a big part of this level is for them to feel a big love and belongingness. Now, of course, you're going to have conflict in the home, but there's always positive ways and negative ways that we can deal with these conflicts and to help our children through these times. Now, the next level of the pyramid after love and belongingness is the esteem needs. Now, with esteem, which you've heard the term, surely, self-esteem, it's how one feels about oneself, Maslow divided it into two different categories. He said one category is esteem for oneself when we have things like achievement, we've mastered certain things, we have a sense of independence. And the other one is based on our reputation from others. Now, this one, to me, I disagree with a little bit. If you've listened to the other episodes, I believe deeply in the inside-out reality versus the outside-in illusion. What the outside-in illusion is essentially says that we feel happy and we feel sad even, we feel complete based on outside sources, other people, material objects, even accomplishments, that those things directly lead to us being happy or sad or any kind of emotion. When as for me, the reality is we live from the inside out because all those things are neutral in reality, but what gives them they're either their positive charge or negative charge within our feelings is based on our thinking. Feelings always come from our thinking and nothing else. And our thinking always can evolve over time, whether it's over the years or even within the moment. It can be based on, the changes can be based on a lot of different aspects. So when Maslow introduced this idea, he believed that 40% of people feel that their esteem needs are met. 
I believe times have changed since he came up with this 40% number because of the way society has changed over the last couple decades, especially with social media, that I feel like children and even adults gets, try and get so much more of their self-esteem from outside sources than they do within themselves. I think they definitely still get a little bit, but I feel like they focus on getting their self-esteem from outside sources and, again, in other people, social media, accomplishments, material objects that that is a never-ending search. So I believe that 40% number that he came up with in the last century is probably a lot lower now these days just because of that. So for those people who have moved on and feel that their esteem needs have been met both internally and externally, especially if they focus more on internally, then their esteem has been met much easier than those people who focus more on their esteem coming from outside sources. So then they can move on to self-actualization. And again, that is people who want to realize their personal potential. So their fulfillment in life. And they want to seek personal growth in different experiences. They want to become all that they can be, essentially. And again, if you think back to it, if you're having a hard time just finding food in life and water and shelter, if you're in abusive relationships and you don't have those safety needs met and you don't feel like you're in a sense of belongingness and community, it is hard to then focus on self-fulfillment. I experienced this just the last couple of weeks as having a really difficult time sleeping and after the first or after several days, I was walking around like a zombie. You know, I was in a bad mood. I couldn't focus on things. I was just really pushing myself through life, which talks about the importance of sleep. So finally, once I started sleeping better, my mood changed and my even my spiritual sense of life changed. I was able to focus on my personal growth much more and also focus on the next level after self-actualization, which wasn't introduced by Maslow, but was introduced by people after him who wanted to add to the pyramid. And those people call this next level transcendence needs. And that is the idea to help others. And that they believe is the ultimate goal of people and where they get their true fulfillment is by helping others. And I believe that I'm definitely one to believe that myself with my life. I've done a lot. I had luckily I'm able to have regular food and water and shelter. I feel safe. I have great relationships with friends and my wife and my family. I feel pretty strong about myself as far as self-esteem, not over the top, but I definitely feel accomplished within myself and that I'm able to do things and provide for my family and provide for my employees. And I I've gone on to the self-actualization, was trying to feel my full potential. But even then, it's like once I accomplished what I felt within that, I was like, I'm just missing something. And, and what I'm doing and what that something is, is that transcendence need, that need to help others, and that desire to help others. Now, the idea behind this hierarchy is that 
you know, even though we go on to self-actualization or transcendence needs, sometimes if our security needs all of a sudden are threatened, we kind of go back down. We have a little bit more difficult time to self-actualize or to find time to help others because we need to have our family's needs met first. So you can go up and down for sure. So now our job as parents, we really want to get our children to self to that point of self-actualization, to achieving their full potential and to have some kind of drive in their life. So what's our role in it? Well, really, all we can do is just focus on those first four levels and making sure that those are met as much as possible for our children. And when they're not met, to see, well, is it something that we can help with? And if not, how can we help our children through that time? then they will be able to self-actualize. We need to provide, obviously, physiological needs, food, water, warmth, rest, sleep, good sleep. And so we need to make sure that we're giving that. So sometimes if they're not getting good sleep, we have to look at why they're not getting good sleep and provide them the highest quality food as possible, highest quality water as possible. So the physiological needs and then the safety needs provide them a safe home, free of abuse, free of both physical abuse and emotional abuse and sarcasm coming from a place of love, which leads into this next belongingness and love needs, creating an intimate relationship with our children and our friends as well, because if we are in a loving relationship with our friends and our spouses, and most importantly, ourselves, that's the only way that we can provide a loving environment for our children. And then the self-esteem needs or the esteem needs, they need some kind of sense of accomplishment. So we want to make sure and give them that freedom to find that sense of accomplishment and not do everything for our children and to support them through it. They're going to have difficult times. They're going to have frustrations trying to accomplish things, but it's really, really important to make sure that our children know our love for them isn't reliant on them scoring the winning goal or getting an A on a test. It's really has to be based on the effort that they're putting out. If we can focus on the positive of the effort instead of the outcome, that's when they will feel that unconditional love. And when all those four levels are met, they will naturally fall into the idea of wanting to self-actualize and try and reach their full potential. And obviously this is age dependent as well, because a six-year-old like I have is going to, their idea of self-actualization is going to be completely different than say my 20-year-old daughter completely different. But the important thing still is, as parents, is to provide them that support on those first four levels. Those are what Maslow called deficiency needs, because the more deficient they are in those needs, and that people are in those needs, then the more they crave to fulfill those needs. So again, all we need to do as parents is to provide that support in those needs, physiological safety, love, and doing our best to help them have a strong sense of self-esteem and to teach them that other people, other material objects, even accomplishments don't really fulfill them 
the same way that loving themselves does. And again, the more we can stress that it is effort that matters and not necessarily outcome, then the children will naturally approach things from a place of their heart and not this fear of not accomplishing something. They'll be more free to love to learn instead of feeling like they have to get a good grade or that they love to train versus feeling like they have to be on a team, certain team, or they have to perform a certain way on the field in order to have that high sense of self-esteem. That's got to be the focus with, with parents. And as always, I'm willing to help out in any way that I can to support you, whether it's for you to continue to listen to these podcasts and the interviews with the athletes or the episodes with just myself, or you can always contact me, Gabe, at aclearmind.com. I do work with individuals and I do work with groups. Both of them are very, very powerful work and I love it. That is my need to help others. That's how I I like to meet it. So if you want to help me out (laughs) by helping you out, I would love to do that. You can go to my website, aclearmind.com. And you can also join our Clarity for Parents of Athletes group on Facebook. And you can follow me on social media, which you can get those links from my website. Again, aclearmind.com. I hope this helps. And I hope you are excited for the upcoming interviews with the soccer coach and also with the former U.S. men's national team player. Those are coming up here in the next couple weeks. All right, until then, much love to you and many blessings. 